Welcome back to the Awareness Podcast. I'm your host, Jared Castillo, and in this episode, I talk to athletes, mental health professionals, a coach, and a fan to see what can be done to alleviate the stigma of mental illness among student-athletes. I also talk about the schools and the NCAA's role and how society as a whole can help reduce the stigma around mental health. It's simple why there's so much stigma around mental illness. It's still taboo to talk about in some circles. Mental illness has gotten such a bad reputation partly because of how it's been portrayed in movies and media. A study done in 2019 by USC Annenberg's Inclusion Initiative found that almost 50% of film characters with mental health conditions were portrayed as perpetrators of violence. Words like freak, crazy, nutjob, and psycho are normalized in film and TV as ways to refer to someone with mental illness. Kelly Solaire is a licensed clinical social worker who works with athletes. Since mental illness is not obvious, like a physical injury, Solaire says it's difficult to properly address what's going on. It's not the norm for athletes to say, hey, I'm going to take care of myself emotionally as much as it is like, hey, I got an ankle sprain. I'm going to take this game out. Like the physical and emotional aspects are just still so far away from one another. You can't really think about what's going on with you as an individual when you always got something to do every day. Tyler Turner is a women's college basketball player at UC San Diego. When you are always on the move, it's hard to like just sit down and be like, dang, am I okay though? One time, Turner was released from a team and it made her so sad that she found it hard to function. All these thoughts was rushing to my head. I couldn't even breathe. And it was hard for me to sleep. And then I was also going through an injury as well. And it was just like those two things was going through my head and it was rough. It was just a rough semester for me. And going through that, the reason why I went through that is because I had the time on my hands to think about that. Having an injury added to the stress because she was concerned about her playing time and how she would perform when she was back on the court. Turner says the fear of what others think and being so busy causes student athletes to think twice about coming forward. That's why it's harder for student athletes to talk about mental health. We are so busy. And when we're not student athletes, we're not busy. And then we become more depressed and more inclined to like be just more sad, I feel, sometimes. Not everyone, but some of us. The immense pressure on student athletes can cause anxiety and lead to problems sleeping, which can exacerbate the stresses. Sometimes, it's hard for a young athlete to know how to break out of that cycle. Research is finally being done on how athletes are affected by mental illness. In 2016, researchers at Drexel and Keene Universities studied more than 450 Division I student-athletes. These are the athletes at the big schools where college sports is big business. The researchers studied the students over a period of three years. They found that 6.3% had moderate to severe levels of depression. The same study found almost 24% of the student-athletes reported clinically relevant levels of depressive symptoms. Sports psychologist Andrew Willannon was one of the researchers on that study. The study measured how severe various symptoms of depression were on a scale from 1 to 3 for a student-athlete. If a student-athlete score was 16 or higher, that athlete could have depression. Willannon says that even though the researchers didn't meet with the student-athletes directly, their responses are consistent with those who have depression. There was a lot of athletes who were struggling 
with mental health issues and particularly depression due to injuries, due to other variables of participating in sports that were quite difficult for them. And those seem to be the things that were getting in the way of performance um, and really had, had the most need. But it, there weren't many studies that actually really were able to identify prevalence of depression across various sports. The findings suggest that the rate of depression among student-athletes is similar to that of the general college population. Wolanin says that even with counseling centers on college campuses, student-athletes still have difficulty seeking help. I think that, that some athletes don't have a great experience when they do go for help or they're trying to find somebody for help, it's hard to find somebody that they can relate to and connect with uh, to be able to help them in that way. And, and that occurs for athletes. It also occurs with lots of other populations that, that are unique as well. Experts I spoke to say college sports needs to normalize conversations around mental illness. The NCAA, college sports' governing body, is trying to lead that effort. It has a dedicated website that features mental health data, educational resources, and tools all geared towards student-athletes. There are educational modules, such as how student-athletes can improve their mental wellness and how coaches can end the stigma of mental health by providing support in a positive environment. The NCAA is hoping to encourage athletic environments that facilitate early identification of mental health problems. It's providing worksheets to athletic departments to help understand and support student-athlete mental wellness. Also, the NCAA has a seven-hour mental health workshop kit available to conference offices to help promote and support student-athlete mental wellness. There are also numerous checklists and fact sheets available on the website for specific mental illnesses to go with a handbook on different disorders and how the athletes can get help. Some student-athletes I spoke to are encouraged by the efforts of the NCAA, but others are skeptical. We already have to go to class. We already have to go to practice. Why not um, teach and, and um, enhance the people around us, like our coaching staff? Like, okay, this is a sign of this. This is a sign of this. But then that also falls back on how much do coaching staff and people around really care about the player and the person that that person is instead of the product or the production or what they're bringing. I feel like it's a step, it's a start, because there are some who will probably be more reluctant and there will be some who would be more into coming forward about their mental health. I'm, I'm absolutely glad that NCAA is taking an initiative for it, but it's very hard, especially in a society where we're always revolving around digital and social media and always being connected, and sometimes we get too caught up with the, the lifestyle of being on Instagram or like digital or Twitter or whatever it may be. So I, I really hope that it does do something great for sports and student athletes in general because we do need some sort of movement and awareness for the things that we go through. Their intent to help student athletes is amazing. I just don't think it's realistic in all honesty. As a student athlete myself, I don't think no matter what I was going through, I would have the time to find these links and go through these things and do the studies and, and do this introspective look on myself because you just don't have the time. Because of how close a coach can get to their players, they usually play a big role in how a student athlete chooses to approach their own mental health. Old school coaches are known to downplay mental illness, saying that athletes have to ignore the pain and push through. Some coaches have little interest in helping their athletes when mental health concerns arise. but. With mental health becoming more of a priority among schools, that mindset is changing. Jeff Kamen is head coach of the women's basketball team at Long Beach State. 
He says he didn't understand mental illness at first and had to educate himself and his staff. What causes it, the impact and effects of it, and what we can do to create an environment where our young athletes, our student athletes, aren't afraid to communicate. And, and it's not an environment where they're not comfortable enough to have that conversation because they know that we support them. So we have to create that environment. Research shows that financial worries can affect a college student's mental health, and that's also true for athletes. Alzina Henry is a former women's college basketball player at Long Beach State and Cal State Dominguez Hills. She says worrying about scholarships was especially stressful to her. I was from Portland, Oregon, and I came down to California. So like for me, this was my dream playing at a D1 since sixth grade. But at the same time, it felt like I had everything on the line because I had no other resources there. Personally, it added more pressure and I felt like I was in survival mode the whole entire time. Many people believe the current system of college sports is exploiting student athletes by encouraging them to take easier classes to stay eligible. In recent years, there have been calls to pay college athletes. The definition of amateurism has changed over the years, and there has been a strong movement to now offer athletes compensation for use of their name, image, and likeness. According to Business Insider, the NCAA brings in about $1 billion annually. The student-athletes? They get no compensation beyond the standard terms of their athletic scholarships. The NCAA argues that paying student-athletes would distract them from pursuing what they really need an education, and further distance them from the rest of the student body. But student-athletes say they don't have time to pursue an education because of the demands of their college sport. One USC football player I spoke with sees himself as a product meant for making money for the school. If he gets paid, his contract is voided. Coach Kamen at Long Beach State says athletic departments can do a better job of not making it seem like everything is based on money and that athletic departments do care about their student-athletes' well-being. The recent moves by the state of California and the NCAA to allow college athletes to earn money from endorsements or personal appearances might help, as the student-athletes I talked to say being paid would help alleviate financial pressures and give them a sense of value. But it's a catch-22 because there would be more pressure for athletes to perform at a near-perfect level to justify earning money. And that could lead to poor performances in the classroom and more pressure and mental illness down the line. Sports fans are another part of the equation affecting student-athletes and their mental health. I asked Cecily Wilson, a former college basketball player at Long Beach State, what she thinks society can do for student athletes. I think it's just like compassion. We see these athletes on TV. We forget that they go through the same things we go through. Athletes are people, celebrities are people, you know, they go through everyday things and we just have to be able to respect either their privacy or what they say or just how they're feeling. I think that's really important. Many people agree that the media can play a role in normalizing mental illness so that fans can accept it in athletes. Colin Dams is a writer for the Busby Babe, a blog focusing on Manchester United, an elite soccer team in the English Premier League. He's also an ardent college sports fan. We're at a point now where it's much more okay to talk about mental illness than to just ignore it. But 
I think it is still something that's evolving in sports because we're kind of at the beginning stages, especially at a professional level where people are actually talking about their own mental illness. Dams adds that fans need to give athletes credit for having the courage to share their flaws as well as their strengths. They're just regular people like the rest of us who have their whole lives apart from sports that are able to do these things that we love to watch and admire. The fact that they are able to do that while being flawed humans like the rest of us is something that I think is underappreciated. Fans often idolize their favorite athletes and forget they're human beings. Clinical psychologist Andrew Willanin says the public needs to stop correlating physical prowess with good mental health. And for some reason, our, our society has always put those two things together. But, you know, more and more studies are coming out showing how difficult it is to sort of not have some experience of a mental health difficulty as you play college athletics or professional athletics or, or different things like that. It's extremely stressful. There's a lot of triggers. There's a lot of negatives that, that go, go into it. And we need to appreciate the, the work that people do and, and the skills that they have, but also really just try to support them as people and human beings. Student athletes like Manuel Velasquez says if fans treated athletes like regular people with problems, it would be easier for these athletes to feel comfortable discussing their psychological issues. And I think as fans, we need to understand that these athletes are human. They're not robots. They're people who have struggles just like you. And just because they have more notoriety or more money or more of a public presence, it doesn't mean that everything else is solved for them or everything is handed on a, a silver platter for them because they're doing everything that they can to perform at the best. Velasquez used to play baseball at William Jessup University, an NAIA school near Sacramento. The National Association of Intercollegiate Athletics represents small colleges and universities. It's different from the NCAA in that athletes can be paid in some circumstances, such as coaching an amateur, recreational, or interscholastic level team and working at summer camps so long as a reasonable wage is paid. Velasquez had to work three jobs while he was a student athlete. I felt like there was times where I was just going back and forth, back and forth, that mentally I, I was so drained that I wasn't even the places where I was at. I just felt completely disconnected, completely away from everything, just in my own world, trying to recuperate for five, 10 minutes and then bounce right back in the real world. And the stress that that puts on someone and the tension that it puts on relationships in your life is just a whole nother aspect of it where you're not even realizing you're putting tension on other aspects of your life because your sole focus is to be an athlete. By spending all of his energy on athletics, Velasquez says he didn't have time to focus on his mental health. But after he graduated, he started talking with a therapist every few weeks to make sure he's okay. Student athletes I spoke with say the key is speaking up about the importance of mental health so that it will make it easier for everyone. If athletes talk about it, people were accepted. I, I would probably say be open in communication. Just talking about it, but I know this sounds cliche and probably a generic answer to you, but that helped me out, you know, like never isolate yourself. And once you start isolating yourself, then it's over. That dark cloud is just going to get you. It's important to speak up and speak up for yourself. It's important that you put yourself first. I think the, it depends on the person. That person has to know how they're feeling and they have to be able to 
kind of relay that to coaches, trainers, ADs, strength coaches, you know, whoever that they feel comfortable talking to about that. The families of college athletes can also play a role in an athlete's mental fitness. Tyler Turner, a women's college basketball player at UC San Diego, opened up to her family and she says the conversation helped. It'll just change that relationship and then change them mentally and make them grow, even as a person. So it just, it just makes life better. You just live life happier. You take this chip off your shoulder and now a weight is lifted. You're just happier. Head coach Jeff Kamen agrees with Turner. I think the more we have dialogue about it and our leaders are coming out and parents and professional athletes, I think the more they show that it's okay, I think the more dialogue we have, the more that our student athletes are going to feel comfortable having that conversation and not being afraid to come forward with the things that they're going through. I think athletes, they need to keep trending upwards in the way that they are with people such as Kevin Love, such as Michael Phelps, such as DeMar DeRozan, and probably plenty of other athletes I haven't named. They need to keep this idea that it's normal because it is. It is normal to have these struggles and it is normal to have these difficulties in life because we're people. And like you said, mental health is prejudice to none. Yeah, we have all these celebrities and high-end people talking about mental health but we don't talk about it ourselves. And I think we need to be more comfortable in, in each other. So I think we just need to be okay with shedding a couple tears or getting angry once in a while. Lastly, Victoria Garrick says it's important for athletes to remember there are people willing to help. I would tell them to remember that they are not flawed and they're not going to be ostracized from everyone else because they are experiencing something that is so universal so I would just remind them that they are not alone. Maintaining mental fitness along with physical fitness shouldn't be seen as taboo. With this podcast, I hope the conversation around mental health becomes more accepted among the general population and student athletes who have been conditioned to ignore their feelings for fear it will make them look weak. Acknowledging and accepting that there may be a problem is not weak. It's the best and strongest thing you can do for yourself. Getting help is the first step in a journey of happiness. Thank you so very much for taking the time to listen to all three episodes. I could not have done it without the help of my committee chair, Willa Seidenberg. Also, thanks to committee members Alan Abramson and Jeff Ellenzer. Thank you to my family for dealing with my stress and anxieties throughout this long and arduous process. It wasn't easy, but we did it, and here we are. I also want to thank all the current and former student athletes that took time out of their very busy schedules to be interviewed. Thank you for trusting me with your stories and life experiences, and I hope they will help mobilize more change in the future. And finally, to you, the listener. I want to thank you very much for taking the time to listen. I hope listening to this podcast helped you in some way, shape, or form, be it something you learned or how you will approach the issues surrounding mental health in the future. The Awareness Podcast was produced by me, Jared Castillo, at USC's Annenberg School for Communication and Journalism. Thank you so much for listening.